So today I wanted to talk about Twitter, and I have a special guest. Say hello, guest. Hi, this is Jen. You've probably heard my voice before on a number of podcasts that Sean and I have done together uh, over the years. So, Jen, do you still love Twitter as much as you've ever loved it? I don't know that I've ever loved it, really. (laughs) It's useful if I'm looking up, like, well, currently I'm trying to figure out what's... uh, occurred with the California elections because we live in California. So you could find links to a lot of credible news sites on there that will tell you stuff that you wouldn't find just by randomly running around Twitter, but you can find it if you know where to look. So I do like that, but there have been a lot of changes made to Twitter recently and I'm not sure I'm going to stick around forever. You used to stay up all night I always stay. I stay up. Okay, to be fair, I stay up all night a lot. (laughs) It does not necessarily mean I'm surfing Twitter or something, you know. And there was like some uh, protest or women's march. Well, yeah. That would start at like 5 a.m. Pacific time because it was in some other part of the country. Mm-hmm. And then You'd I catch up, up on what night. happened. Well, I stay. See, th- this is not really credible here because tweets. I stay up all night on a regular basis. It's just I'm a night owl, so there's that. You'd write a ten thousand word blog and then delete it in two weeks. But Back in the point, day, I did. Like uh, if you're talking around like 2016 or something like that, yeah, I did delete a lot my, of stuff then. My point in mentioning it is to say that you used to spend a lot of time on Twitter. Yeah, Twitter now is owned by elon musk yes and i don't know a lot about elon seems like a pretty chill bro Mm. really in charge (laughs) sorry go ahead in charge kind of guy got a lot of stuff got a lot of stuff figured out i think yeah he's oh wow he's 50 years old and (laughs) is apparently ceo of nine companies Seriously, nine? I don't think it's that many, but I think, well, I mean, he's CEO of Tesla and SpaceX, right. and now Twitter. Twitter, so three. I don't know what his, if he has any uh, C-level title for uh, the Boring Company, but that's another company he's involved in. Oh. Now, uh, apparently, there's already talks of Twitter filing bankruptcy <laughs> Of course. He didn't really want it. I mean, there were all these articles before he took over about how he was running it through courts and saying, well, I don't want to buy Twitter because it has too many bots on it and just endless, endless stuff. And then eventually had to buy Twitter. And so he's a disgruntled custodian of Twitter right now. Um, As far as other shenanigans that have gone on, one of the first things he did is fire a whole bunch of people. And he did it, in short, by sending a memo out uh, via like a, I don't know if it was Slack or email or what, telling people, hey, don't come into work today. If you're already in an office or are heading to an office, turn around and go home and we will let you know if you have a job. And so they had to wait to see if they got like an email or something from Elon to see if they still had a job the next day. And some of them found out because they could no longer log into Twitter's Slack and things like this. And then a few days later, he sent someone who was still working there to try and round up as many people who were fired to see if they want to come back to the company after being fired in such a 
ridiculous way. So there's that. He did the thing about previously before he bought Twitter saying, oh, free speech is wonderful. Everyone should be able to say whatever they want to. And but not misinformation. That's different. Okay, sure, fine, whatever. What really happened was everyone made fun of Elon and he didn't like it. So he said, well, every account that is making fun of, you know, someone or is 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 parody needs to have the word parody right up there in the name so that everyone knows it's parody. Okay, that seems somewhat reasonable. All right, fine. But then they started mocking him. So he started suspending them without notice which is kind of totalitarian. Um, you know, his idea of, oh, free speech apparently doesn't include talking about Elon Musk in a way he doesn't like. So there's that. Um, he's decided if you want to have a blue check mark, but you are not a government agency or a politician or some of these other things like that, that you can have a check mark. You can have a blue check mark, but you have to pay $8 for it. And it was going to be higher. It was like 20 something. And then Stephen King, who might've had a check mark, I don't even know right now, decided that that was too much money and kind of did a rant on it on Twitter. And then Elon responded with what about $8? So there's that. Um, he's going going to get rid of Twitter blue, it looks like, in favor of I don't know what. There's been allegations or questions or maybe speculation about if he's going to bring back Vine, if he's going to, you know, all of this stuff. And it's just a lot of nonsense. I've read some articles. I'm so, sorry, I'm taking over your show. But um, I've read some articles indicating that uh, Twitter is having visible problems in its functionality because, hey, Elon fired a bunch of the people that could, like, fix that stuff. So that's kind of his fault as well. And I... Uh, I just don't see this going very well. I'm seeing artists online that were used to being able to post their art and say, hey, I make art like this. If you want a commission, here's where you can find me. Here's what I, I sell them at at this price for this thing, that thing, and the other thing. And now there, there's a lot of artists that are saying, I, no one's seeing my tweets with my art in it anymore because I don't have a check mark. It's chaos. It's absolute chaos. I've heard some pretty good analysis about what this whole thing is even about as far as what Twitter really or uh, Elon really wants out of Twitter. And I think his ultimate end game is he wants to turn it into some sort of payment platform. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard that too. His history, details, his, his first big company that he, I don't know, worked with or for or whatever is PayPal. And he has said as much that, you know, in like, I don't know, 20 some odd years ago, he wrote this uh, paper about how online finances should work. And he believed that PayPal could eventually become that. But I'm not really sure of the history. I don't know if I've heard that they kind of ran him out of the company, which wouldn't surprise me. He's also said that the... Three biggest problems he thought that needed to be, I don't know, fixed in the world. And the first one was that he thought it should be possible for anybody in the world to pay anybody else, you know, moving money around. And then the other that's, one... That's kind of strange. I mean, we have banks for that. We have... Yeah, but from unions, his perspective... We have people having uh, garage sales or yard sales, you know, heading money back and forth. But I, I what he was it. thinking was, especially in the late nineties when I, I think he, when he first came up with this, because back then it was not easy to 
transfer money or give money to someone unless they were you know right in front of you only options really were you could mail a check or a money order or you could do a wire transfer and all of those are slow and they're kind of are fraught with problems admittedly at the time paypal did kind of solve some of those problems and i remember the beginnings of paypal because it was really big on ebay i got into ebay in 97 and for the first three or four years at least almost all of the transactions you know was what i just described if you bid on something and you were the winner you had to mail a you know somebody a payment everybody's policy including mine if i sold something was whatever the item is it doesn't ship until uh the payment clears mm-hmm. pretty obvious yeah, yeah so you know ebay transactions were slow and then this company paypal started i'm trying to remember it wasn't exactly sp- spamming but it probably was ebay sellers and they were going hey this is a new electronic payment thing we're coming up with if uh, you sign up we'll give you a certain amount of money and there was a whole verification process you had to go through where they would deposit you know a certain amount of money in your bank and you had to verify it and i don't know if they invented that but it definitely became the de facto way for a long time for financial services to verify that you know you are who you say you are and that you have access to the accounts you claim to have access to and that was kind of revolutionary at the time and that was where you know paypal really got its start and i think in a way because the financial part was like his first big project i think it's 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 like a thing that's stuck with him all this time where it's like he really like he's the guy who has the idea to create this ultimate financial platform but he can't go out at this point in his life and just build it from square one so you take twitter which is this service that has this massive uh international user base you know sort of molded into this uh super financial processing payment thing whatever maybe that is his end goal if it's true (laughs) he's going about it i think in some weird ways but if the evolution of twitter is to become your ultimate financial services bank thing well it'll probably be renamed into something else anyway Mm -hmm. and you're gonna have to kind of blow the thing up to get to the other side so maybe it's all just part of the plan i don't know that he had a plan with this really this is the guy that decided on twitter previous to all of this decided on twitter to say he was selling his tesla stock for I think it came the number came out to 420. He did this without talking to anyone at Tesla about it. He just put that on Twitter and then like the next day there were people who were involved in his company that had enough power to say maybe don't do that, you know. So I mean, I I think I don't think he thinks this through with Twitter at least. Maybe those other things are valid, but with Twitter, I don't think he really gives much thought as to what the hell he's doing on Twitter. If you've seen anything previous to him owning it, you know, it's kind of like that. What I want to just get down to, I guess, in this conversation is how do you feel about just being 
on Twitter, being a Twitter user, thinking about the state that it's in right now, forget about what it may turn into in the future. We won't know that yet. Or, you know, whatever Elon Musk may or may not do with it. If Twitter just vanished overnight, would it have any major impact on your life? Probably not. I could still find the news websites that I know are credible without being on Twitter. Um, I can try to get the people that I regularly talk to on Twitter to come join another social media I'm on, you know, and not to lose touch with them. Since the point in time where you were talking about me, like, staying up late at night, which, as I said, I do anyway, um, looking at things like the women's protest after Trump was elected, uh, looking at all of that go on, like, that felt... Like I wasn't alone in what I was feeling at that moment. That's what that was, you know. But since then, there has been a number of people who are apparently on Twitter, apparently are adults, young adults or older adults, whatever, somewhere in there. They're not, like, just old enough to get on Twitter. They're, like, you know, adults that seem to delight in using their accounts as a way to either spread misinformation about marginalized groups that they happen to hate or to direct people online to attack those marginalized groups. And that doesn't feel good at all to be on Twitter with this kind of thing. You know, it's it's just not okay. And I don't think it's... there. If, you're, if you are part of a marginalized group, Twitter's not a good spot. You know, it's really not. Like, I've seen extraordinarily vile things come out of people about people who are LGBTQ, especially trans people. And that just makes me really super uncomfortable. For those of you who have no idea who I am, I'm non-binary. I'm not trans, but I'm non-binary. And I get really uncomfortable and angry when I see all of these uh, people who live in a state that's doing something horrendous to people that are LGBTQ, but specifically trans people, trans adults, trans kids, by cutting them off from access to health care that they need. I get really upset when I see people cheering that effort um, because it means that they, they're just horrible people, and I keep finding more of them without looking for them. They just appear. And the reason this is happening is because whoever I follow, some people I follow, not everyone I follow, but some people I follow, uh, like to retweet people who like to quote tweet this shit. So then I have to see that. And I'm like, oh my God, no. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's not as fun as it used to be. I'm being very careful about who I let in. And when Twitter started, I didn't feel like that at all. It was great. We found all these podcasters that were doing like the first Nopod Pomo, you know, right around then. We were doing that together, sometimes being on other people's shows and getting to know them from all across the country and around the world in some cases. And, you know, it was a really fun time for like people who were podcasting to hang out on Twitter and listen to everyone's shows and get to know how they do show their shows and, you know, kind of meet them through a podcast and, and stuff like that. That was really cool as hell. And then later um, I started following some people that play the same video games that I do, you know, and that's kind of fun as well. But some of them have podcasts. Um, but right now it's just I'm not seeing that kind of this is new and fresh and I want to meet people with similar interests, and the interests are things that are like really nice, like video gaming together, you know, and games you both love. 
you know, this kind of thing, like people who are podcasters and just want to meet other podcasters early on when podcasting was pretty new still, um, you know, that was wonderful. It was such a welcoming community, no matter who you were, people were going to welcome you in and listen to at least some of your shows. Uh, the block button is a thing. I use that a lot. I do report people for things that are not just, you know, oh, you don't like the game I play. I don't give a shit about that, right? Play whatever game you want to play. You know, I play the Diablo games a lot and some other stuff. I mean, if you play, I don't know, Final Fantasy or Call of Duty, fine. Whatever's making you happy, I don't care. But, like, when it comes down to people talking about uh, politics in a way that shows that they haven't actually researched that at all. Um, that's kind of a problem. And I don't like, again, going back to, I've seen people put the most racist slurs on their Twitter just right out in the open. And that's not okay because that's going to make people who are the target of that slur unsafe on Twitter. A few things you had mentioned you know, artists and stuff mm -hmm. using Twitter. Yeah. And there's probably some validity to that. I just see in my own experience when I try to promote things I'm doing, mm -hmm. I don't really get any traction from Twitter. I've looked for the first time this month at a few of the times when I've promoted my uh, podcast episodes. I've actually looked at the Twitter analytics for the tweet, mm -hmm. which is just something I've never paid any attention to. Mm -hmm. And the kind of numbers I get is it's like, well, it was viewed uh, 20 times, had maybe a couple interactions, but nobody bothered to click the link. And I'm sure that certain artists or creators, whatever, mm -hmm. get a certain amount of traction depending on what they're doing and how big their followings are. Now, the thing that's discouraging is I allegedly have over a 1,000 followers on Twitter. So if I'm only getting 20 views when I post something, for me, it's just kind of a wasteland. You know, sometimes I have a nice, fun interaction with somebody, but it's not doing much for me. And, you know, you had said that it used to be fun, and I, mm -hmm. I agree with that. Because I, I joined Twitter in 2007, and it was still pretty new then. I think when Twitter started to change a lot was actually at the 2012 presidential election. Mm -hmm. Because by then, not only had Twitter matured to a point, but people's use of the Internet had reached a point where people were kind of comfortable just being on social networks, using the internet for more than just uh, email mm -hmm. and kind of light browsing and stuff like that. I feel like that's when I started to really notice a change. And so much of what was happening on Twitter was revolving around the presidential election, and then that just bled over into politics that just kind of never ended. And this was in the time when these social networking sites were starting to understand that their power, I guess, was in, you know, creating algorithms and stuff, taking away the traditional, okay, I just log in and I see a stream of things. Now they're going to manipulate everything and kind of hook you on staying on the platform. And I reached a point a few years ago where I was 
I mean, I was really ready to just be done with the whole thing. You know, I was posting on Twitter like, you know, once a month, once every two months. I got really deep into creating Twitter lists to manage the accounts that I really wanted to see. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't even really following accounts anymore, and it's still kind of how I operate. I also think that generally speaking, with a lot of these social networks, people are at a saturation point. It used to be just like, oh, hey, this kind of looks like a cool person. I'll follow them. I don't know. Maybe you don't become best friends, but you kind of stay acquainted. You kind of feel like you know something about them. You know, Twitter was definitely like that. I would say up through about that time, maybe a little later, 2012, 2013-ish. And I think ever since, they're always trying to find more ways to get you the curated experience they think you want. You know, they're trying to really cut down on noise and get you closer to signal. And I really think most users on a social network, if they're following things, to them that is all signal. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, if you're yeah. on if you're on Twitter... And you follow some people you know or some brands or, you know, government organizations or whatever. You don't log on every day and go, well, I'm, you know, I'm following uh, 200 accounts. I hope that I only see tweets from five of them. You want to see all the tweets from all the accounts that you follow and preferably in a sensible way. The list function combined with TweetDeck kind of makes that for me more manageable but also it's just it's not as enjoyable then that's kind of how i feel it's like well if the whole thing really does melt down or Mm -hmm. changes to such a level that it's not really what i wanted for or enjoyable anymore i'm fine to just not have it in my life anymore Mm -hmm. there's some small things i would miss but i wouldn't really be that sad about it so when I use TweetDeck, I have two accounts. One is my regular account. One is the Shattered Soulstone account. So I can have that all set up. You know, if you've used TweetDeck, you know what I'm talking about. You can go back and forth between one thing and another. So, for example, if I want to post, hey, this is the latest episode of Shattered Soulstone, I can use that through TweetDeck just to stick that on the Shattered Soulstone account. And then my account can retweet it right from that interface. And I don't have to, like, log in, log out kind of stuff, you know. So I kind of like that. That's convenient. But if, you know, if Twitter goes away, like ShatteredSoulStone.com is going to still be there. Well, and that's something that I hope a lot more people take away because the internet was not really ever meant to be these big uh, centralized platforms. But the challenge from a, uh, you know, a reader's perspective, a listener's perspective, whatever, is Once you've got maybe more than 10 websites you want to keep track of, that just doesn't scale very well. So all of a sudden, these social networks came along where it was like, oh, hey, I can have all of my... uh, my friends in one place and then you know brands started to show up and then government you know news news agencies started to show up and government agencies started to show up and it was like oh hey they're all here yeah Uh, and it was kind of neat because it was ones you'd heard of yeah and it makes it easier to to follow you know that's appealing to people but the downside is it's given a lot of control into all of these different sites whether that's 
Google as kind of everybody's default search engine. I don't use it. I don't use it either. Or, uh, you know, social networks. I mean, there's a lot of people for whom I'm, I, I hate that I'm going to speak this phrase, but it's true. A lot of people for whom Facebook is the entire internet. You know, they, yeah. they just, they, they sit down at their desk or whatever. Well, you know, they went from AOL to Facebook and just stayed they, in that walled garden instead. They, they type in, uh, they type facebook.com into Google and click the link and <laughs> go to Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, some of these people, though, are older than us. Like, I will be 50 sometime next year. We kind of grew up with, here's a computer, here's where you could find the news sites. Look, this is a search engine. Wow, what's this do? Holy cow, you know, that kind of thing. And it was really good for me at the time because I was trying to cite sources from, you know, credible websites online for like papers I had to write for class and stuff like this. And we just kind of learned as we went, like my parents, when Facebook was new, they were like, no, you can't be on, don't go to Facebook. I'm never going to be on Facebook ever. It just grabs all of your information and who knows what they're doing with it. And, and actually, you know, not long after that, Facebook was doing sketchy shit with your information. Uh, There was like court cases and all of that. But, um, you know, my, my dad was like that. He didn't want anybody to know anything about him. He didn't want to put up a profile picture. He didn't want to do anything. He's on he's on Facebook now. Uh, my mom's on Facebook now. You know, all of this. It's just like they forget, you know. Well, I think we've uh, done enough here. So any website or anything you want to plug? Well, you, get one. you get one. Shattered Choose. Soulstones at ShatteredSoulstone.com. New episodes come out once a week about uh, Diablo games and the company that makes them and all this other good stuff. You can find it there. Uh, that's the one site I will rec- uh, recommend. I'm also going to recommend outside of that, not a site, but if you are especially attached to a number of people that you have been talking with on Twitter, maybe have seen in person, you know, before in conventions or whatever, you might want to let them know if you're on other social media sites that you'd like to maybe see them at. Because this could go down in the blink of an eye. Twitter's kind of crumbling. I'm seeing a lot of news articles from people that seem to know what they're talking about. So if you wanna, if you wanna let them know, you know where you're going to be at, or find out where they're going to be at, now's the time to maybe start asking about that. Well, you can go to Bronto.rodeo to find me, and if you go to the about page. I have uh, all my socials linked there. So if you want to connect with me somewhere else. It's all there. Until uh, next time, we'll see what Daddy Elon has in store. Oh, God. For us. Don't, don't, don't. (laughs) Like, I know some people are using that in a way that suits them, but this is just kind of, no. Okay, this is the part where you say bye, people. Bye, people.